0: We come to a time in our service where we hear from God's Word, first read from the Holy Bible and then proclaimed uh, by Pastor Gary. So I would invite you to listen with me. Uh, We have two uh, passages to read today. The first is from Psalm 139 and the second is from Mark chapter 1. So hear with me these words first from the book of Psalms. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me. When none of them as yet existed. How weighty to me are all your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them. They are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. And now here from Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through 28. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little farther, he saw James, a son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed. And they kept on asking one another, what is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
1: Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for reading these words from the Holy Scriptures. I just loved the opportunity to reread Psalm 139. We only read a few verses for you this morning. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. The... uh, the good news that I glean from this is that uh, God knows everything about me and still loves me. How about that? They say that is the, uh, the mark of a good friend, someone who knows all about you and still likes you. That is powerful. So when Jesus launched his ministry, as we read a a snapshot of that from Mark chapter 1, he is uh, telling the good news of God that is coming into the world, that he is unleashing. And it's a message that God knows all about you and still loves you. And as he begins that ministry... Uh, One of the things he is saying is repent and believe the good news of God. And they determined that this was a new teaching. He speaks as one who has authority, uh, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. And they were amazed at the good news that he was sharing. What is this good news? In this passage from Mark, I see it as Revealing a threefold pattern of Jesus' ministry. The first one is of repentance and believing the good news. Repent repentance is is saying you're sorry for the wrongs you have committed and it's turning around and going the other way not just saying you're sorry because you got caught but saying you're sorry because of the the powerful and convicting love of God in your life and believing that he has the power to lead you now this comes not without cost Here's a modern-day example. Just this past Sunday, uh, a prophet and preacher, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, had uh, repented over his prophecy that President Trump would win the election. And he uh, apologized publicly for having misled his people when that prophecy didn't come true. Oh, he's paid a price for that. He uh, said that over the 72 hours after he made that public apology on the day after the Capitol riots, he said, I have received multiple death threats and thousands upon thousands of emails from Christians saying the nastiest and most vulgar things I have ever heard toward my family and ministry. I have been labeled a coward, A sellout, a traitor to the Holy Spirit, and cussed out at least 500 times. And this, from Jeremiah Johnson, who is one of the leading conservative evangelicals. Repentance and belief in the gospel does not come without its price. And yet, Jesus called us to to repent of the evils that we deplore and make an about-face and follow good news that is a good news of peace and reconciliation. When Jesus launched his ministry, he said, Repent and believe the good news of God. A second thing I learned from this particular passage is that uh, Jesus uh, put uh, this into motion when he called his first disciples, and we can read about that, where he called them fishermen to leave their nets and follow him, that he had a good news message to share, and he wanted them to be a part of that. And he said, instead of catching fish, I will put you in charge of fishing for people. That they might experience repentance and good news that is coming into the world. He told these willing disciples, he said, I will give you a new direction. You will care for people and their salvation and their freedom. And they were so hungry for this that they left their nets and followed him. Now I'm sure as the picture unfolded it was much larger than the few sentences we read about in the gospel reporting. And yet it was a powerful time when Jesus gathered the community of folks who would help him share the good news. And... The gospel, which we continue to share today, which calls us not only to repentance, but also to a ministry of peace and reconciliation. And then as that ministry begins to unfold before him, they go into a synagogue and they find a man there with an unclean spirit. And Jesus rebuked that unclean spirit and called it out of him. And that's the third thing I glean from this passage that we have read this morning. A God who who knows all about us and cares enough to call the evil out of us and to send it packing and to give us a new direction one of the hymns that Harry Emerson Fosdick wrote that we'll be singing in the 11 o'clock service, page 577 in the hymnals. He uh, calls us to, to save us. God save us from weak reservation, resignation to the evils we deplore. He calls us not only to repent of our evils in our lives, And to accept the good news that God has included us. But he calls us to stand against the evils that we deplore. In a couple of weeks we will have a baptism of an infant. In all of our baptismal services we have this as a part of the vows that we take. Do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness? Reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And parents vow in behalf of their infant children and older youth and adults take this vow themselves. They promise to stand opposed to evil in whatever forms it presents itself. And call that evil out into the light of God's good news. That's a part of of our journey in our day and our wrestling with the, the powers that be. And as we struggle against and with each other to make the world a better place and in verse 27 we read that they were all amazed and they kept on asking one another what is this a new teaching he speaks as one who has authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him and the text says, at once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. So we have these as ahas. Aha! A, a new teaching of repentance and belief in good news. Aha! Good news in desperate times. An antidote or even a vaccine for all the bad news that swirls around us. And aha! Evil in the face of Jesus Christ does not and shall not win. And so... In these days, on this Human Relations Day, which once was at a different time, but when Martin Luther King Jr. Day was made into a holiday, the United Methodist... uh, changed Human Relations Day and placed it on the same weekend so that we might consider how we love and serve and share the good news and stand up for peace and reconciliation and justice together. And so in light of this gospel, in light of this good news, we have some choices to make this weekend. And the choice that I invite you to is this. Take a step in the right direction and do something, anything, for peace and reconciliation. There was a lot of rhetoric out there about what has gone wrong. And what we need to talk about is taking a step in the right direction and talking about repentance, obedience, and justice. Martin Luther King Jr. said it this way, The time is always right to do what is right. And as we accept the invitation of our Lord to follow him, we accept that invitation to go and share the good news in its reconciliation and in its march toward justice. In reading about this weekend, I came across a speech that uh, the late Senator Robert Kennedy uh, spoke on the day, the, the evening after Martin Luther King's assassination. It was one that he gave on April 4th, 1968, in Indianapolis, Indiana. And it would be a mere two months before he himself was assassinated. In Los Angeles. These were dark times. And I think it's fitting for today. After the death that occurred on January 6th at the Capitol, and in, in the, the challenges that, that uh, we see, and the, the potential violence that is all around, even uh, predicted for this coming week. And he spoke. I understand it was without notes, it was off the top of his head, he was improvising and he spoke about the death of Martin Luther King Jr. that day and in the recordings of that speech you can hear the gasps going throughout the audience for news didn't travel quite as fast in 1968 as it travels today. And he said that Martin Luther King died in the cause of that effort to love and to provide for justice between all human beings. In this difficult time, he said, for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. In those days, the issue was race. He said, for those of you who are black, considering the evidence evidently is that there were white people who were responsible. You can be filled with bitterness, with hatred, and a desire for revenge. We can move in that direction as a country. In greater polarization, black people against blacks and white against whites, filled with hatred toward one another, Or, he said, we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, to understand and to comprehend and to replace that violence, that stain of bloodshed that has spread across our land with an effort to understand, compassion, and love. And he goes on to say, that even though they could be filled with hatred and mistrust, he also could be filled with hatred and mistrust. He said, I had a member of my family killed, referring to his brother, who was also killed by a white man. Then he said, but we have to make an effort in the United States. We have to make an effort to understand, to get beyond, or go beyond these rather difficult times. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom. And compassion toward one another. And a feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country. Whether they be white or whether they be black. And today we could also add whether they be Republican or Democrat. No matter whatever political view they espouse. What we need is not division. But love, wisdom, and compassion and then he went on to say we've had difficult times in the past but we and we will have difficult times in the future it is not the end of violence it is not the end of lawlessness and it's not the end of disorder But the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, and want justice for all human beings that abides in our land. And we could say that today we all, there are good people There are good people who want these things. No matter what side of the aisle you are on, there are good people who want love and reconciliation and peace. As I close today, I want to share with you a couple of things that our church is doing to take a step in the right direction. These may seem small, but they're no less monumental Then the civil rights movement, then the call for peace and reconciliation in our day. They're a step in the right direction. There's a new module in the safe gatherings training that we require for leaders who work with children, youth, and vulnerable adults. It's a new module that talks about our online ministry since m- most of us have gone to doing ministry online like we've never envisioned before. And it's a module that I just viewed this past week, a module for online ministry best practices. It calls for too deep leadership when working with children, youth... And vulnerable adults, even when we're online as well as when we're in person. It calls for careful respect for the ones online as well as the ones in the room. It calls us to plan safe environments for the camera to view. And it calls on us to report inappropriate activities. If you are Safe Gathering certified, and even if you're not, opportunity to view the module is given right now, and it will be fully integrated into the whole training process in February. Anyone over 18 who works with anyone under 18 and with vulnerable adults needs to be Safe Gathering certified, which includes a background check. This is a step in the right direction. To help our children, keep our children safe, and to provide for a more just culture, even inside the church. It's a step in the right direction. And I invite you to join me in that. In coming weeks, you'll be made aware of the new goals set by our congregation for 2021. We trust that these will be a step in the right direction. As we have set about to sustain and grow vital ministry to children and youth through connection points that adapt to the new normal that is evolving from the pandemic. Another goal to envision and implement sustainable connection with college students and young adults. Another one to envision and implement ministries that promote holistic health and well-being spiritually, mentally, and physically. Another one to maintain a strong missional connection with New Covenant Church and Franklin Elementary School and Family Promise and Ember Hope Youthville while also increasing missional connection to our immediate neighborhood. And there are some more goals that talk about men's ministries, women's ministries, and to create a discipleship pathway for people to be able to say yes and be trained in the righteousness that Jesus called people to long ago and continues to call us to now. So friends, hear the gospel. Repent and believe the good news. Follow Jesus Christ into avenues of service that provide love and peace and reconciliation. And let us stand together in concert with one another and Christians everywhere to stand opposed to evil and injustice in whatever forms they present themselves. This is the message for Human Relations Day. This is the message that I wanted to share with you for Martin Luther King Jr. days. There's much more that can be said, but as we adopt for ourselves a pattern of displaying the good news in our lives, humbly serving, and standing against those things which tear down, that God will bless us, will give us strength, And will provide us a bright future. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.